Yo, 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 all right, all right, guys. So today is um, November 21, 2019. It's Thursday. It's about 4 p.m. Out here on a Thursday afternoon, just straight chilling. So today I want to talk a little bit about sports, um, sports things that is happening right now. Uh, I just read an article on ESPN. I'm going to touch on this, but we're going to transition to the Lakers at some point because I need to discuss the Lakers and an impressive 12-2 and start. But first, I'm going to talk about this. It involves four NFL teams, uh, my Raiders included, because my Raiders are always around the topic. But I just happened to stumble across an article on ESPN about the friction and the tension that is now held between the Rams, the LA Rams front office and their owner I think his name is Cronky or something like that and the LA Chargers brass and their owner Dean Spanos and as I mentioned the Raiders are involved as well as the Cowboys are involved so there's four teams involved in this four team tango dance fucking love-hate affair. As you can imagine... Okay, let me back it up. Years ago... A lot lot of teams lease stadiums. I guess... I don't know how exactly they work. I guess before... For an NFL team to move to a place, the city would have to build... Like a stadium and up to like NFL standards, but I guess it would build a stadium now. A team would relocate and move into a building because it was brand new. You know, they would tentatively come to an agreement that you're gonna be there for like 20 years, so that way the city could recover the money, so that way the owners could recover moving costs and brand new brands and all, all you know whatever goes involved with it. Now the NFL has grown to a conglomerate, and the Cowboys really set the bar for what is to be expected of an NFL stadium Jerry Jerry's world is I think it was like a billion and a half or whatever he set the bar now MetLife Stadium is also big and I think the Viking Stadium got done you know and there's loud there and you know there's several new you know there's several new stadiums around the NFL League. And I think, you know, everybody, you know, wants a new stadium. But there is several new ones around the league. And, you know, they keep up in the ante of what they want, what they want, what they want, what they want. They want more people, more attendance, more TV ratings. Everybody wants the bigger and bigger and bigger and better and better and better. And these older stadiums, like the Chargers, like the Rams, like the Raiders, you know, some of their leases were up. The NFL wants new stuff. You can't be having the same tired. The same tired building over and over. So, a couple of years back, my Raiders, when Al Davis died, and even before that, Al Davis was just 
leasing or renting the Oakland A or the Oakland Coliseum, the Oakland Coliseum, like pretty much on a like a uh I think he leased it for three years. When when he died he died and there was one year left and then Mark Davis had been exercising options and options like just a year at a time because he was trying to get something done either in Oakland or elsewhere. Now at the same time the Rams had undergone the similar process, but the Rams were much more favorable money wise than the Raiders. And at the same time, I think Jacksonville had the same thing. And I think but Jacksonville was just a blip of a team. They just had a blip to do with this. It wasn't much. Um, but the, also the Chargers had, you know, usually they were, you know, trying to figure out their next move. Now, I guess a couple years ago, a meeting took place between the owners. I'm assuming right around the time Al Davis died because Mark Davis, uh, he, I remember him saying he lost a bid to LA to the Chargers and the Rams. But initially, the NFL wanted a team in LA. Now, as it is stands, you know, they wanted they wanted a new stadium in LA. So they were going to have to venture into you know, spending big money and then and that's where the tangle of two teams really came into focus. Jerry Jones was Jerry Jones is what put he pushed the NFL to get to LA because you know if if it's a destination experience like he's thinking like it's going to be for Jerry's world like he's thinking it would be for you know what's going to be what's going to happen in Vegas is going to be like a global destination but you know Hollywood actors coming in you know oh they're going to go visit a football game you know the TV is Hollywood you know and, Jerry Jones envisioned this grandeur, it's the word they used, this grandeur event that would happen every Sunday in L.A., just like it's every Sunday primetime television for the Cowboys and, you know, the Patriots and the Packers and blah, blah, you know, the song and dance goes on and on and on. So the the... The astronomical cost is why two teams got involved. And initially, it was... The Rams were gung-ho. The Rams are the most financially... um, They're well... They're the most financially well... I don't even know how to say it. They're the most financially complete team that could do it. That could move, that wanted to move. There was Rams fans here in LA, I guess, a while back, and so that it was that was a no-brainer. Now the owner of the Rams, you know, the cost is a big factor, but they didn't think it was going to happen. But somehow Jerry Jones convinced everybody that the Rams and the Chargers could do it, that they could do it together. Somehow, completely 
axing out the Raiders out of the equation. Um, they completely axed the Raiders out of the equation. I don't, I, I don't know why. Um, but they axed the Raiders out of the equation. Now I'm assuming. Well, you know what they said that it's because Al Davis burned a lot of bridges between. LA officials and the Raiders organization and, and also owners and the Raiders organization and Al Davis had burnt a lot of people a lot of times he burnt the city of Oakland I guess he burnt LA he burnt but I mean who doesn't burn somebody somewhere which is fine you know you you know you take it for what it is uh so the Chargers and the Rams came into focus as like, okay, this will be both teams in LA. There will be a game there every Sunday for the three or four months or whatever, however long the football season is. There's a uh, 16 games plus four preseason games and maybe a playoff game. So you're looking at like 20 weeks, 21 weeks of football roughly, which equates to about five months. Four to five months. I'm not missing my mom. Twenty divided by uh, four games a week. Uh, wait, yeah, it's like five. It's, I think it's five months. Whatever. So they're imagining like this powerhouse. Like Jerry Jones is imagining. Yeah, we put a team in LA. We've given them the best shit. They're gonna make like a trillion dollars every game. That's what they're thinking. That's what Jerry Jones was like. Yeah, go for it. Like he's all for it because supposedly, if it's good for a team and it brings in the billion dollars, the revenue gets spread out through the rest of the NFL somehow, you know, and it's better for the league. And which I can see Jerry Jones's aspect of it. Like, yeah, if every team is a powerhouse team and a powerhouse, you know. It's a powerhouse. What do you call it? You know, every team is in a multi-million, if not billion-dollar zone of their own, and and every team is valued at a billion dollars. It means every the NFL as a whole is worth thirty-two billion in, and then you know the TV. That's not even including TV ratings and, and blah blah blah. Jerry Jones is seeing that as a bigger picture, but. They went into this venture into getting into this Inglewood thing that they're building. They're they were gung ho and they they literally did all of this stuff that I'm talking about. Not they I, I literally don't even think they discussed logistics. They didn't discuss they didn't do no what do you call it? They did not even do any market testing. They didn't even run a campaign. They did nothing to test if whether or not the Rams and the Chargers would work in L.A. Now, it gets interesting. The story gets even more interesting because I was reading. I was actually kind of fascinated by what is going on. The Rams and the Chargers, the year that they... Both decided to bolt to LA. Both were successful that year. And the Rams even last year were successful. But now 
Both teams look like they're ready to hit rock bottom. If not, the bottom is going to fall out of both teams. Uh, the 49ers, the Santa Clarita, 49ers are nine, like 9-1. Nine the Seahawks are like like 7-3 or 8-2 or something like that. There is not much room for the Rams to make a postseason run this year. They've traded away first round draft picks. They've spent cap to try to keep to pay Aaron. They paid Aaron Donald, Dominic and Sue, you know, all these cats, big money. And we remember a year or two ago when they made their Super Bowl push, they paid Jared Goff, you know, Buku dollars as well. And this whole thing might not work. And it. The stadium isn't even up and running. And this whole fucking charade, this whole fucking LA NFL dual team package might not work because the Chargers uh, are looking fucking awful as well. And they've got major concerns at quarterback. They could turn into an expansion team. They are a second away from turning into an expansion team. They are... A benching of Philip Rivers into turning an expansion team, and the Rams may have blown their whole wad and didn't actually never win the Super Bowl last year, and they may not win the Super Bowl for the foreseeable future. They may not even be a playoff team, and that's saying a lot because I don't really like the 49ers. I, I mean, I don't feel a way towards the Seahawks or the Cardinals. Or the Rams, for that matter. But the 49ers are running away with things. You can't tell me that this 9-1 record that they got is a fluke. But they had to win these teams. I mean, they had to win these games. Uh, are they going to win the Super Bowl? Maybe, maybe not. No, probably not. But do I see the 49ers being good, you know, for for the next foreseeable couple of years? Two, three, four years? Yes. Are the Seahawks randomly still good after, you know, throwing it on on the one-yard line to lose the Super Bowl? Yes, the Seahawks are good. And the Seahawks, the Seahawks, I believe, are one defense, a dominant defensive player. And I think maybe they got it in Jadavion Clowney. But I think they're, I think they're one other defensive playmaker away, a cornerback that can shut down in whole field. If they could get Jalen Ramsey or, you know, this offseason and pry him away from the Rams, I would say the Seahawks are right. They're Super Bowl contenders. They're Super Bowl contenders now. And the the NFC is is wide open because the AFC is the windows for Brady is closing. Some of these NFC teams are about ready to fucking pop off a little mini dynasty. And I do believe that's... that's on the horizon. I don't know if the NFL sees that. But Brady is like 42 or 41 or fucking 45. I don't know how fucking all that faggot is. That fucking punk ass bitches. Uh, but regardless, you know, Roethlisberger is not going to hold his weight anymore for the Steelers, I don't believe. I mean... He was already fragile and now a couple years. Every season he had an injury. 
this year is his elbow. Um, I don't know. You know. The Steelers look like a total miss at quarterback for the foreseeable next couple of years. Um, the only bright spots in the AFC right now are Patrick Mahomes, who the NFL is gung-ho about shooting their wad over. Lamar Jackson, which is slowly emerging. I don't even He put himself on the map. Deshaun Watson, and I mean... I wouldn't want to be the homer and say Derek Carr, but you've got like three solid quarterbacks, and then you got Derek Carr. Derek Carr's not young; though. he's not new to the league. I mean, but the AFC overall. I mean, you look at the fucking quarterback picture. If you look at the Patriots division, you got Sam Darnold. You've got whoever's quarterbacking at the Dolphins, and I don't even know who the quarterback at Bills is. Uh, you look at the AFC South. Uh, Deshaun Watson should be the guy in that division running away with things, but they somehow are not. Um, you look at the AFC West, it's Mahomes. I think it's Mahomes and Derek Carr because the Broncos are a mess at quarterback. And I, you know, after watching the last couple of games with the Chargers, you know, and the Raiders had a big win over them on on Thursday, and, and then the Chiefs absolutely. Completely eradicated that team in Mexico. Philip Rivers is a. You can just put. You can put a uh, a question mark, exclamation point, and the cover your eyes monkey emoji on his career because I mean you don't know what you're gonna get out of him anymore. I don't know what happened to him. I don't know if the pressure is getting into him. I don't know if he's just throwing games. You don't throw. Four, four, three interceptions against the Raiders, four against the Chiefs, and I don't really believe you should have him at quarterback. So you can't throw seven picks in two games or eight picks in two games, and in damn near like ten picks, you can't end a game against the Raiders throwing eight or nine straight incompletions. That's something you can't do as a quarterback. That would get Brady benched. That would get Aaron Rodgers benched. That would get a lot of quarterbacks benched. Drew Brees. They would get a lot of people benched, and he should be benched. He's not benched, but you know, whatever. So, any long story short, this venture into LA that both the Rams and the Chargers, the Rams and Chargers were supposed to be on equal footing. They are not. The Rams are funding what now is a five billion dollar, soon to be pretty damn close to six billion dollars. To build a stadium in LA and it's running the tab high for the Rams because this agreement that they came to was that just like the Lakers and the Clippers that the Chargers were going to be more of tenants obviously it is their stadium they're part of it but they're more as tenants they're residing in the Rams home but they're they're not pulling no weight. They're not doing nothing to fill up the seats at their little twenty five thousand dollars sports complex that they're at currently. They will not haven't even started figuring out how they're gonna fill up a seventy thousand seat stadium 
when it's their turn, when it's their home game at that stadium. They don't have no idea how they're going to fill up that stadium. The Rams are struggling, and they're clearly the better of the two teams. And just reading what the the article is saying, you know, 40,000 Rams fans show up to game, but so do 30,000 visiting team. Visiting team fans show up. How are the Chargers going to build a fan base if nobody goes to their games? How are the Rams going to build a fan base if half the people are not even Rams fans that show up to the games? Now, overall, this may be good for the NFL because maybe, you know, maybe LA is just the destination to go watch football games. I don't believe it because. As I've stated in the previous podcast or two in my Vegas one, the Raiders stadium is literally five minutes from the strip. Hella people will visit the Oakland stadium and a Raider home game eight times of the year because the strip is centrally centrally located to Las Vegas and the strip and all the high-end luxuries that come with it. And this is where the Raiders are involved because the Raiders lost out to the bid to be in LA because uh, the other team owners and Jerry Jones had figured that Al Davis had burned the road. But now that it's getting close to all three teams, the Raiders, Chargers, and Rams, their stadium is being completed. The Raiders, now that the move is done and everything we know 2020 is a big year for both the Raiders the Rams and the Chargers but it's it's huge for the Raiders because they have to sell season uh, I forget what they call SSLs but I think it's season seat licenses which which is basically season tickets the Raiders have doubled their projected season ticket sales so the season tickets I guess at any given they set a market for it whatever they don't know how that works entirely I mean I guess if I could take somebody could pay me $100,000 a year and I could just study the NFL politics and laws and season tickets and understand the complexities of it, I could get you these answers but I don't have the answers nor do I really care because you know what's to me the NFL makes trillion dollars anyway so you know fuck them if they don't if the LA fellas fuck them anyways I'm not an I'm not a Rams or a Chargers fan I don't give a fuck but the Raiders have sold double they've sold 440 million season tickets SSLs season seat licenses which I'm assuming is just season tickets fancy way of saying it the proper term to say it and the Raiders have siphoned out of the LA market they they know where the fans are coming from because they can purchase they've siphoned off a huge portion of both the Rams and the Chargers LA fan base because it's what it is they've siphoned off a huge portion to the tone of 440 million dollars already season ticket licenses have been sold Season seats licenses have already been sold. And check this out. 
the Chargers have not even sold 60 million season seat licenses. And I don't think the Rams have even come close to the figure that the Raiders have had. I, I read it all. I don't have the article in front of me. I'm not going to paraphrase it or anything for you. You can look it up if you want. I don't know what it's under. Something about... Um, something about the Rams, the owners are, they're at bitter ends. Kroenke, I don't even know how to say that guy's name. It's K-R-O-N-K-E or something. Or K-R-E-O-N-K-E. Kroenke, I don't, I don't know. And Dean Spanos, they don't talk. Nobody is talking to each other. They're non-confrontational, but they really don't say shit to each other. They, they're going to live together and they're thin. They're thinking maybe once the season gets underway, the teams will heal each other with wins. But the wins are not coming. Uh, But I just find it fantastic that the Raiders have siphoned out of the L.A. market money from both those teams. And and an ultimate Raider move fucking uppercutted those bitch-ass Chargers who actually are in the Raiders division. You know, the AFC West. And they've uppercutted, you know, the, the conglomerate asshole in the Rams. And to much to the chagrin of Jerry Jones banking on L.A. being this L.A. grandeur, this mega project that they're building. I, I haven't seen it. They don't I have not seen one advertisement on TV about the stadium. I have not seen anything about it. But supposedly it's going to be one of the premier destinations for uh, a football experience. That's what they're thinking. But it's in Inglewood. And if anybody knows what the fuck is up in L.A., knows that is not the happening part of L.A. South L.A. is not going to just transform overnight into some... West Hollywood, North Hollywood, Santa Monica, downtown LA experience is just not. The traffic is going to suck at that game. And it's going to suck to try to fucking go anywhere to go get your party on with your top upper echelon clubs. That is not the case with the Vegas. It is not the case with the Cowboys Stadium. It just is not. Uh, I found the article to be totally fascinating because it involved the Raiders. The Raiders lost. They Raiders pitched to the NFL. Mark Davis. Uh, like I said, I've applauded Mark Davis almost from the beginning because I know that Vegas is in a much better shape than both Oakland and to, to a degree most of L.A. because L.A. is spread out and there's nowhere to build near the middle of it where you would want a stadium and you know the Dodgers and the Lakers are right there they're right in the middle of it like the football would have to be right there actually the NFL should allow a football team to play at the Dodgers stadium that would be dope but they don't they're not going to you know they're done with that so they Went to Inglewood And that's a mistake That is a mistake It's one of the most epic Blunders 
happening right before a lot of football fans' eyes. It's a blunder. It's a blunder now because I don't really know for the foreseeable future. The Rams are banking on Jared Goff being a Super Bowl quarterback, and I don't believe that's the case. The Chargers... Patrick Mahomes running the... Patrick Mahomes not going to go away. I don't believe. Derek Carr is now catching traction. He's not going away. The Raiders locked him up for a good number of years. Uh, Everybody makes fun of Derek Carr and his contract over Khalil Mack, but you know what? The way the rules are set up nowadays, you render the de- the and you render the defensive line powerless because if you hit the quarterback in these automatic fifteen yards, if you hit the quarterback's helmets, automatic fifteen yards first down penalty. Derek Carr sustained injuries, but the rules now have even progressed even farther than that. You can't drive the quarterback to the ground. That's a penalty. As that's happened to us this year, we've sacked quarterbacks and we've been flagged for what would be a clean sack. Derek Carr will be healthier. The offensive line can now tee off on the defensive line, and his numbers are now flourishing. Uh, this is bodes well for the Rays because we got Derek Carr locked up, and I b- totally believe. He will get us to the playoffs. And once we get that, you get us to the playoffs every year, momentum going. Even if it's 10 and 6 in the playoff run as a wild card team or a home, you know, a couple of home games, that traction will build up not only with the OG Oakland fans, the LA fans will, the LA Raider chapter will be in full force. And the newfound fans that will be solely Nevada fans, that'll be Raiders fans. Uh, that is just a win, 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 just win, baby. And the Rams and the Chargers and the NFL brass, as well as the brass of, of Jerry Jones, they look like complete fucking idiots. I I, t- I read the article and they look like total fucking idiots as if they don't know what is going, what is happening, you know. I can't I can't even explain it. I read the article. I want to bookmark the article because I actually found it to be a fascinating read because they projected the cost of this Chargers Ram Stadium to be 1.8 billion. It's now exceeded 5, creeping closer to 6. There's been rain delays. They shoved the the stadium 100 feet underground with the retaining wall that's got to be 100 feet tall with some sort of massive footing. This year, earlier in the year, it rained. It rained in L.A. for like two months straight. The bottom of the field flooded with 15 feet of water and mud. Insane. I I don't know. I mean, I just... I found that to be totally... You know, totally fascinating to read. And, you know, segueing into where I want to talk to 12 and 4 Lakers. The Lakers were brought up because it's Lakers in Dodgers town. L.A. is always going to be a Lakers town because of the number of championships that the Lakers brought to L.A., the way they treat their players, the bastardization that they've run on on the Clippers. And the Clippers are trying to do something this year. And they're not, I don't believe it's going to work. 
the Lakers, it's a Lakers town. The Dodgers, you know, a lot of fanfare, two back-to-back World Series losses, but they made it. They, you know, a couple of championships in LA. They're Dodgers. It's a it's a Laker Dodger town, and I just you know the the Chargers and the Rams just got a tall order to try to make whatever it is they're trying to do work. Anyways, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna cut this off real quick because I gotta run into the store, but I'm gonna be back to talk about this Lakers. This Lakers uh, resurgence, boy. The Lakers are fucking cooking. 12-2 and two currently. They just beat uh, OKC. Did they beat OKC? Yeah. No, who did they play last? I forgot who they played, but they just beat them in, in a close knuckler of a game. <sighs> but you know what? We'll, we'll, I'll be right back to talk about them shortly. Hold on. Okay, so I'm back. So let's talk about the Lakers because the season is just underway. We're now 14, 15 games in. And my Lakers are off to a hot start. I think they've won their last five games in a row. They won on like six or seven game win streak. They've done a lot of winning and not a lot of losing. The homegirl series uh, was over watching a game with me the other day, and the Lakers just absolutely beat the living hell out of like I don't even know what team they were playing. But I was like, look, there is there really is no stopping this LeBron AD train, and now Kuz Kuzma is finally getting rolling. They just got Rondo back. Dwight Howard is chipping in. I'm now looking the 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 Lakers. The Lakers and Celtics both hold top records in the NBA currently right now. Even though I think the Celtics lost last night to the Clippers, the the Lakers and the Celtics still sit atop the standings, man. And what a what a turn of events that nobody's seen coming a year ago that the Lakers and Celtics would back in the mix of things um, I think the Lakers have a higher ceiling than the Celtics solely because of the star power that LA, LA has I mean there is no LeBron on the Celtics there is no AD on the Celtics the Celtics have Kemba Walker and a bunch of people they're they actually the Celtics are doing a disservice to the coach by not bringing along a few star players because uh, that coach is phenomenal. He's had them top seeded for a couple of years now with some key injuries. You know, Kyrie on the cusp of leaving. Uh, you got to give that man, that coach, something to work with, and the, the the fact that they're not is just it does a disservice to him and his totally does a disservice to the Celtics fans for not giving them you know yeah they had Kyrie but they didn't give Kyrie anybody else really I mean they tried to give him Gordon Hayward but come on bro like you gotta do better than that if you're seriously thinking man and I know people are like well with the Raptors you know one and all they had was Kawhi and like that's not true they had Kawhi Mark Gasol they had pieces there Ibaka they had pieces of the puzzle there um, which was not the case in Celtic land, which 
is the case in Lakers land because Lakers have a few pieces. Dwight Howard used to be a formidable center. And even though he's sort of relaxed and now he's coming off the bench, uh, I think that role has really revitalized his career, rejuvenated himself where he's not taking the beating on his arms and he'll be a dominant factor late in games at the end of the year and during the playoffs. Um, AD is no longer having to put up 50 points a game to beat a certain team, which was the case I think last year, the year before when he beat us. He dropped like 52 points on the Lakers to edge out a win. That's no longer. He will be fresh. He's gelling with LeBron. Come playoff times, he will be tip-top shape. You can't tell me a man like him does not, not want to win. LeBron's seeing this. Seeing he's got Rondo... He's got Kuzma, Caruso is looking absolutely like he'd come out of nowhere. KCP, uh, all this winning they're doing, everybody is looking good. And that's something that LeBron does, but this, this is going to be special because I think I think now I want to give it like another month, another 20 games, 15, 20 games to go by. But I, if they continue to trend, if we somehow end up being like, 25 and 5 or or 30 and 7 like our record 30 and 6 something like that uh and even at the halfway point you know like maybe we're yeah maybe we're like 35 and 8 or something like that or or, or 35 and 7 something like that if that's the kind of record we I mean you got to talk championship aspiration because who really stands in the way of the Lakers come I mean the major threat right now is Houston uh, I don't give the Clippers the credit yet because Houston has been to the dance deep in the playoffs a couple years and they've been denied by the Warriors they've you know so they're the most and they've got Harden they've got you know a number of key players and they've got uh, uh, Westbrook I mean, they've got the, the Rockets have a number of key players. Um, they're poised to make a deep run. And on the East, I'm not really worried about anybody on the East. So this is really a West-heavy thing. The Warriors are out of the way. It Basically, it's a three-team horse race. And the Rockets, the Lakers, and I believe the Clippers. But I give the the bigger threat being the Rockets... That matchup, we're going to play them a couple times a year. That matchup, the Rockets versus the Lakers. Because I think the Lakers brass and I think the Lakers players, you know, LeBron, AD, I think they know what's up. They know that, you know, they know what time it is. You know, they, the players know what they've got. They know what time it is. They know what's, whose teams is popping, who's, what team is not. I mean, you got there's other teams out there that are good. Like the Heat are good. So are the Raptors still. They're still good. So are, I think, uh, the Jazz and the Nuggets are good. But, I mean, the team to really beat right now, I think, in the West is the Rockets. The Rockets, the Lakers, and the Clippers are the three teams that ultimately it's going to go through one of those three teams. And the Lakers currently have the number one seed. So, I mean, of course it would go through the Lakers. But... The Lakers would still have to travel to Houston, still have to travel to the Clippers of all teams. Could you imagine a seven-game series between the Lakers and Clippers to get to the NBA championship? What an amazing... I mean, 
everybody in LA. I mean, that's something that the NBA would totally, totally. Oh, the NBA and the NBA would be salivating if the NBA is not already trying to manipulate a way to get it to be a six or seven game series between Doc Rivers and and the Clippers owner and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and Magic Johnson and you know Jeannie Buss and Kobe Bryant and LeBron and AD you know and Chris Rock and Jack Nicholson and Clipper Darrell and in every in the stars that are going to line up to sit at that at game one through game whatever the you know to have seven straight games between two highly competitive teams the NBA is doing nothing well the, the NBA would love nothing more than that to happen um, that is an overall boost for the league because that's you know it's you, you you can't tell me Kobe would not be there you can't tell me Magic Johnson would not be there can't tell me Stephen A. Smith and and Max Keller. You can't tell me that uh, Fox. You know Michael Strahan and come. You can't tell me that uh, TMT. You know um, the money team. You know uh, I can't think of the boxer's name on top of my head. You can't. <laughs> uh, Floyd, you can't tell me Floyd Mayweather. You can't tell me Adam Sandler wouldn't be there. You can't tell me Chris Rock wouldn't. You can't tell me Snoop Dogg. You couldn't tell me that Drake and all these other people would not be in attendance. Because they would be in attendance. Because in Beyonce, in Jay-Z, you know. And the list goes on and on and on and on and on. And I could sit here all day and name all the people that just show up to LA games as is. But let alone, the LA Lakers have not been... In the playoffs for some time, and to get in a heated seven-game series with the Clippers, to get to the champion to the Western Conference Finals or the NBA Finals, um, Doc Rivers, Austin Rivers would be there. I mean, you got possibly Kevin Garnett and company there. You know, all the Doc supporters and some of the Boston brass. You would get, you would get uh, Pat Wright. I mean, just on and on and on, bro. So yeah. That's where we're that that enthusiasm that I just showed you right now because I'm hyped for it myself, and the season is early and LeBron looks healthy and AD is healthy and the Lakers are healthy and they're playing phenomenal. Uh, it's an amazing like. I had predicted, you know, last year when I first broke down, you know, the Lakers and the things that you know I wanted from them going forward, I predicted that it would take. One to two years for LeBron to get LA rolling and into the playoff condition and do a deep hunt. And now, you know, two years have passed. Uh, he was injured last year. He saved his legs. You know, saved a lot of juice in the off season, especially in that not in the playoffs. But you know what? He looks fresh now, and he's keeping his legs fresh, man. He's become a passer. Uh, average triple doubles left. I mean, his he had like three or four triple doubles in a row he had a triple double last night he's had a triple double against every team in the NBA now you know and that just says a lot because 
that is going to keep him fresh where he doesn't have to drop 50 a night like Harden does. You know, there's styles of playing in the NBA, and he's playing a very good one because it's going to take him deep. All those role players are learning how to score now when it counts, you know, learning how to play true team basketball, similar to what the Spurs used to play. Spurs have lost seven in a row. Uh, but you know what I mean. That's just how I see this Laker team move forward. And they're going to be dominant down the stretch because it's just it's just what it is, man. The Lakers Lakers are back, man. I can, I'm fucking excited. And that bodes well to what I was saying earlier. The Rams and Chargers are hurting. I can't, I can't get the numbers through to you guys, but... The Chargers Stadium right now at their little Home Depot sports complex or whatever they play at is only a $25,000, $25,000 head capacity. twenty five or 26000 heads that rolled on those games. Now, they haven't managed to even scrape together half of that as like a Chargers fan base that goes. There is not... Even 12,000 or 13 or 14,000 people that are Chargers fans. There's not 25,000 of them that will go to their game home games. There's not even half of that. There's only 12,000 people, which is a small number. And they reduced ticket prices so that way it could drive up Charger fanfare to go. But what it is is just driving up other teams' fanfares to go. Um, but the Lakers are back, man. The Lakers... I'm totally jacked and excited that the both the Lakers, the Dodgers did well as too. I mean, the Dodgers are still very, they had an amazing season too. But the Raiders are back as well, six, sitting at 6-4, and four, you know, a half a game behind the Chiefs with a huge game with the Chiefs coming up in a couple of weeks. You know, I can't believe the Raiders sniped both the Chargers and the Rams, and you know what? That goes to say, like I always predicted, a city cannot have more than like three teams. They just can't because the the quality of the other teams go down way down because the money gets dispersed. I mean, that's what's happening. That's what's going to happen with the Rams. I think long term, this was a bad move for both the Rams and the Chargers. Um, thank God my Raiders avoided the bullet. Dodged the bullet. They avoided the guillotine. But it, man, dude, like... Like I said, the Rams shot their load. They shot their... They blew their load. They did. They've, they've sent draft picks. They spent cap money. They've invested in, like, a quarterback and a head coach that's 30 years old. You know, and... They're not going to fill up the stadium with Rams fans. The fanfare will never be there. As it is right now, it's only about halfway. They only fill up the stadium halfway. The problem is when they, when times get even tougher, when they're only a two-win game or a two-win team, a three-win team, seven-and-nine team, and nobody wants those season tickets, and they can't, and the ball starts rolling the other way. They can't afford top free agents. They can't afford 
this. They're sharing the stadium with the Chargers. The Chargers are sharing the same amount of income that they get. Things are going to get dicey for both teams, I think, going forward. And even though the stadium will be packed on Sundays because, you know, the dollar moves. If the tickets right now are $200 of tickets or $300 of tickets, the NFL could just easily be like, you know what, start selling them for 80 90 100 120 Start offering meet and greets, you know, let them on the field for VIP passes. But they're not going to let on their own fan, their own, their own people's, their own fans are not going to be on the field. There'd be a lot of other fans. And that's just the way it is. I mean, that just bold wills because people are going to have to sell off their season tickets. Uh, and... They're never gonna get the the foothold in LA that they that they initially wanted. You're never gonna see that that stadium be completely yellow. They're just not. They're just not. It's just not gonna be it. And especially if they lose, start losing, and people don't go to the games. You know, and the whole problem is, you know, if you put seventy thousand people, you know, if you build it, they will come. That's true. But if the team does not have a really uh, a foothold in the city and it's just whoever's showing up type of deal, the teams see that, other teams see that, the home teams see it. So what ends up happening is these other dominant teams come in, like let's say the Patriots, and their fans can now organize better and be mobile better and it ruins it disrupts the home team snap counts uh you know as it is right now you know i don't know if there's gonna be tailgating there but if the rams are gung-ho about we sponsor in and out or we sponsor ampm you know and i would not be at ampm or i would not be at a del taco or Jack in the box, full of other. If I'm a, let's say, uh, an Eagles fan, you would not find me caught up dead nowhere near a Rams bar or a Rams establishment right there. Like, oh, this is the Rams. This is the Red Robins, the Red Robins Rams, you know, place. You would not catch me dead in there with Rams fans. You would find me in other establishments that are not part of what they got cooking right there selling. So yeah, that. So the less that the fans go there, the less that you know the Rams have to offer. I mean, and that's just the way it is. You look at you look at loser teams around the league, like Oakland. Like people don't go to Oakland for anything other than the Raiders. Like they don't stay there. They don't you know blah blah blah. You know just. It's really bad. And like I said, the the Lakers have a big part of it too. The Lakers are back. They're going to win a championship. And that's going to siphon away more money away from these two whack-ass NFL teams. The NFL made a huge mistake in allowing the Rams and the Chargers. They should have put the Raiders there regardless of what statistic or analytics said. Anybody could have told you... The, the Raiders were an L.A. team. Anybody could have told you that. There still are. They, peop, the NFL knows how many people trek from L.A. up to the Bay. 
in the bay that would go down to the LA. They know they already they are, as a matter of fact they know now because they now know how much money is being siphoned from the LA market straight to the Vegas market and they now can put a figure on it and are like I think they really really blew they really blew their shot and I, and I think it, although it may be successful business wise and money wise but it won't be successful for either franchise uh, going forward um, and that just is I don't know if they're going to win a Super Bowl either of those teams they're going to leave a sour taste in the mouth of LA after 20 and 25 years of not doing shit just what, just what it's going to be bro uh, but the Lakers are on the cusp, I think, of a serious, serious playoff run. They're going to make the playoffs. I, there's no doubt in my mind this year. It's all I already see the playoffs because we've played a number of teams and, I, and not and not one of them. I think we've lost to the Clippers and I think we've lost to the Raptors randomly. You know, it's just, damn, bro. It's like, you know what? There's not a lot of teams out there that can do what either those two teams are doing currently. And it's just what it is, man. It's just what it is. Fucking insane because the Lakers are back. The Lakers are back, man. They're back in a big way. The Lakers are back in a big way. I see I see playoff. Come trade deadline, the Lakers are going to make moves. I don't know who's going to get cut on the team because the team is phenomenal now. But the the Lakers will make moves. They'll make some transactions. You know, I don't want to see any player go currently that's on the team. I can't say, like, he's a scrub. He's holding them back. But definitely they'll make, they'll make the moves that are required. And a deep, deep playoff run is right on the cusp. Of the the Lakers' future, and I, I can't be more thrilled, man. It's, it's a fun time right now to be a Laker fan. We're back, we're back, and we got LeBron. How about that? You know, catch me outside, motherfucker. How about that? We're good. We're back, and we got LeBron. They ain't nothing better than that, man. Nothing fucking better than that. Anyways, that'll do it for this podcast. I just wanted to touch on some things I have been hearing and reading on online, and um. And get this up and out there. In the next podcast, uh, I'm trying to get some things squared away, but Thanksgiving's coming up, and I know there's games on Thanksgiving, and I'm gonna be discussing Thanksgiving topics the next next go about. So stay tuned for that. Um, I'll give you a rundown of Thanksgiving and things to be grateful for and thankful for, and we'll take it from there. I'll catch you guys later. I'm out. Yo, so. Real quickly, I know I said I was bouncing out shortly ago and then I was going to talk about Thanksgiving. But I had this little nugget on. I got a few minutes. I want to touch on something real quick about the Raiders, Rams, Chargers, and the Cowboys situation. Uh, Now that the article has gone through the internet and a lot of people have commented on it and a lot of people have now talked about it, a lot of Raider fans chimed in on it a lot of Chargers fans chimed in on it a lot of Rams fans chimed in what I forgot to mention is St. Louis 
the city is winning lawsuits against the Rams. Um, and now that other NFL owners are really upset with the Raiders siphoning funds from the Rams and the Chargers LA pool of money um, and that a lot of Raiders bloggers chimed in they, and they're right a lot of the Oakland fan base in Oakland that were the Raiders were there but a huge portion of people come from LA up north myself included uh, I know a ton of people down here that don't. We don't go to every game. I don't go to every game. I, I don't know if I'm going to make it to a game this year. I'd like to, but it, currently, as it stands, I mean, I'm going to be not going. But I mean, I'm trying to go, but we'll see what happens, you know. But a huge number of us go up there for a game or two. I know, like, because I'm involved with Raider people, I know a ton of us do go. Now, the trip to Vegas is much. From LA, it's much, much closer, easier, and in my eyes, Vegas has had a great reputation with California, especially the LA area, especially the SoCal region, has had a great relationship with us throughout the years. Um, growing up here in the where I live in the Inland Empire about 30 miles from the heart of LA 40 miles from the heart of LA everybody on the weekends it's always a thing like yo let's go to Vegas you know you hear that hey I'm gonna go to Vegas next weekend or I'm gonna go let's just go to the state line you you hear that here as, a, as somebody that lives in California his whole life I hear that phrase probably 20 to 30 to 40 times a year. It's not every week. It's not every day. But I hear it. I hear it from people. Oh, they just went to Vegas. Oh, what are you guys going to do? Oh, we went to somebody's so-and-so's wedding. Oh, hey, you know, we're going to go to Vegas next weekend. Oh, you know what? Party, Vegas. You know, it's the Vegas, you know. It's that, imagine it's that, um, the hangover type of deal. Oh, we're going to go get married in Vegas. You know, it's that type of deal. Vegas and California have had a great relationship. It is no stretch of the imagination by, I don't know who, that the LA fans, the LA Raider core fans were not going to just become Rams fans and become Chargers fans. No, with the Vegas, with the Raiders moving to Vegas, they were going to easily follow. Easily. I'm following. I'm going to go there. I already see how nice the building looks. I see where it's at. The Raiders are in great hands. Now, the fact that other owners are mad and the fact that the city of St. Louis is without a football team and they like one back, I think, uh, it kind of begs in... I'm kind of wondering about this aspect of it. I feel as if the NFL just threw two teams in L.A. that are never going to click with L.A. fans. I feel as if 
the Chargers are going to end up moving um, probably in the next decade because right now they're only tenants and they're pro- they're going to remain only tenants. I think they're going to end up moving. I think they're not going to pull their way and the divorce between the Rams and the Chargers is going to get ugly because the Rams are on the hook for $5 billion and that is an absurd amount of money. Uh, $1 billion is an absurd amount of money let alone five of them son of a bitches are, is a lot of money and I don't think they're ever going to recuperate that and that may actually bankrupt somebody at some point that amount of debt that they're putting into that stadium and I think the Chargers are going to move uh, the Chargers are probably going to get out of California and it's going to leave a two team race in California being the Rams and the 49ers in the same division and that's not good for business either you don't get the AFC teams that you're going to get so I mean the NFL executives did a poor job I mean the, the NFL and Roger Goodell that may be the straw that breaks Roger Goodell's back I mean that's another layer that I think this will be the straw that breaks his back uh poorly planned poorly executed uh, and I don't think it's going to pay out for Roger Goodell as a matter of fact I kind of know it's not I think that's going to this is going to the fiasco that is and I and I'm probably you know would I like to go see the Raiders in LA in Inglewood yeah I would but I mean only if I'm going to see them play the Chargers and only if the tickets are going to be within reason I'm not paying $500 a ticket like they would think they're going to get from me or from anybody no because I live here I know what's up I'd rather not vacation in my backyard you know what I mean I'd rather go somewhere I'd rather go to Vegas um, to see my Raiders play so that's what's up that's just just wanted to touch on the last, thing, the last little bit about that because uh, I've been reading more and more articles about it now that this story whole bro- the whole story broke on ESPN it's been circulating around the Raiders tribe and around different different couple of people's squads you know directly has to do with the Rams the Chargers and the Raiders and the Cowboys so those four teams are somewhat in a in a wild intermingled web of dance football politics similar to like a Game of Thrones or you know politics but in a macro scale like yeah it's wild alright I'm gonna get this posted up tonight and uh, I'll get back to you guys next week I'm out again late